How's it going, everyone? I was in the middle of editing this episode, and I just wanted to jump in real fast and address the elephant, or rather, I should say, dog that was in the room with us. Especially towards the tail end of this podcast, you can really hear Midnight Mocha snoring. So if you're listening to the show and you hear any sort of oinking or snorting, just know that there's a precious, adorable dog sleeping right in between me and Miles on the couch, and it comes in rather strong. So I just wanted to throw that out there right at the beginning of the episode so you have a fair warning when that comes and also there's a pretty long intro on this episode as well so just fair warning very long-winded intro but i feel it really sets the tone for the subject matter of what we're talking about today um but yeah i just wanted to address the snoring um that i found while i was editing this episode and without further ado let's just get to the show How's it going, everyone, and welcome to the final episode of Buddy's House of Horror podcast of 2021. Um, it's been a while. I haven't released an episode of the show since October, and I wanted to have at least one more episode come out before the end of the year, because I can't leave you guys hanging like that. I know October is a big time for Buddy's House of Horror, but I like my show to be enjoyed all year round because I enjoy making my show all year round. Um, and so this week, we're going to be ending 2021 on a great note and talking about probably the film that has influenced me the most from a filmmaking perspective. Um, and you've read the title, but I'm still just going to hype it up a little bit before I say what it is. Um, but before we do that, I've had a really great day so far. Um, woke up early, laundry needed done, leaves needed to get raked, coffee needed to get drank. I've switched to Christmas coffees now. I know I was on the, the spooky coffee train last time you guys have heard from me, but it's a new time of year. This is sort of the pseudo Thanksgiving, Christmas, Midway, Happy Holidays, all-encompassing special, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, this is the holiday special of the year. Um, I originally wanted to release this episode in the weeks leading up to Thanksgiving or maybe on Thanksgiving week itself, but I decided, you know what? people are going to be around their families around Thanksgiving. They're going to be around their families around Christmas time. So why don't I... Why don't I have sort of like a happy medium? Why don't I release this episode some point in between the two main American holidays that the most people celebrate? Um, and do it a little bit before Christmas, maybe the week before Christmas, two weeks before. Not exactly sure when I'm going to be releasing it, but I'm going to be releasing it at the perfect time for me. Um, because that's what really matters. I don't want to drive myself crazy. Um, I really wanted to attack the day today and take advantage of every single minute of the day. As I said, I had a lot of things going on this morning. Um, I'm actually cooking a pot of chicken-less noodle soup, a vegetarian chicken noodle soup I'm cooking right now. Um, and I'm just really trying to get stuff done today. Um, very similar to the subject of today's episode, someone who really likes to take advantage of every waking minute to really attack the day and get things done. And now this episode of Buddy's House of Horror podcast is very different in nature from other episodes that we've done of the House of Horror. Um, I really love, it's a guilty pleasure of mine, I don't even want to call it a guilty pleasure, one of my favorite genres of film are movies about making movies. And although Buddy's House of Horror is a show about horror films... The main film we're talking about today is not a horror film, but it is horror-adjacent. Um, this could be considered an episode of underrated films, because both of the films we talk about are underrated films, but this episode is sort of a more of a, um, like a before-and-after type of show, which is unlike anything we've done or talked about on The House of Horror before, which is why I was really excited to do this episode. Um, I'm mainly recording this intro because within the episode itself, I didn't really do a good job introducing either of the films we're talking about. So I wanted to take this opportunity to introduce the films that we are talking about. And of course, as I mentioned, you guys have read the title, so you know we are talking about American Movie Man, one of my favorite films of all time. And on the back end of the show, we're going to be talking about Coven, which is the film that American Movie was about making Coven. So we're going to be watching 
the film about the film that they were making and then watching the film itself. So we'll start with American Movie for now and then I will do an intro to Coven when we're about to talk about Coven. Um, but just to talk about American Movie a little bit, I've talked about it on other shows, but just in case you've never heard of American Movie before, um, I'll just back up a little bit. It's from 1999. It's a documentary film following two filmmakers, primarily, mainly just Mark Borchardt and his duo, his partner in crime, Mike Shank, um, who has a little bit of a lesser role, but I still consider them a duo, um, a very good duo, one of the best film duos of all time, and they're real people, they're not even characters, uh, but Mark Borchardt, one of my biggest film influences, I see so much in my of myself in this guy in this film and this film is just a beautiful film um i love everything about it um and just to give you the letterboxed description american movie is the story of filmmaker mark borchardt his mission and his dream spanning over two years of intense struggle with his film his family financial decline and spiritual crisis american movie is a portrayal of ambition obsession excess and one man's quest for the american dream um, I'll go to I'll go to IMDb too, because this film deserves more than one synopsis. I love this film so much. You deserve three. I'll give you the letterboxed IMDb's regular, and then another synopsis that is on IMDb because I see they actually have two synopses right now. So number one, documentary about an inspiring filmmaker. Wow, I've messed that up. Documentary about an aspiring filmmaker's attempts to finance his dream project by finally completing the low-budget horror film he abandoned years before. And then written by Jay Haley, um, this description. On the northwest side of Milwaukee, Mark Borchardt dreams the American dream. For him, it's making movies. Using relatives, local theater talent, slacker friends, his MasterCard, and $3,000 from his Uncle Bill, Mark strives over three years to finish Coven, a short horror film. His own personal demons, alcohol, gambling, a dis dysfunctional family, plague him but he desperately wants to overcome self-doubt and avoid failure. In moments of reflection, Mark sees his story as quintessentially American, and it's nature and nuance of his dream that his film explores. Um, I really, really love this film. I know I've said that a million times, but this has to be in my top three to five films of all time. Um, I love the messages behind this film. I love the determination that you see in this film. And I just find it incredibly relatable. I mean, as a filmmaker myself, I've made tons of films back in the day, you know, recruiting family members, um, just kids on the neighborhood street, just anyone you can get to act. And I know from my personal experiences how hard it really is to make a film, whether it's on a small indie scale like this, a medium sort of type scale like my student films that I made in college, um, and even on like big budget stuff when I was a PA on some films that were shooting in the Cleveland area. Um, just seeing film from so many different perspectives really makes you appreciate the humble nature of what American movie is. Um, and of course, a million things go wrong in the film. I, of course, encourage all of you to see the film. Um, but we'll get into that in a little bit. I'm going to introduce the film to Miles, um, give him an intro on the film, surprise him with what we're talking about because he had no idea what the episode was going to be about. Um, and this film is, is everything. It was the disaster artist before the disaster artist. Um, it's a little bit Trailer Park Boys, a little bit Fargo, a little bit Letterkenny. Um, it's part Ed Wood. It's part Spinal Tap. Um, it's just great in the best way possible. Um, again, I love everything about this film. Um, it's very humble. Um, it was directed by a guy named Chris Smith. Um, who's probably most notably known now um, for directing the Firefest um, documentary for Netflix. And he was also a producer on the illustrious series, maybe you've heard about it, um, Tiger King. Um, he was a producer on Tiger King. Uh, but he started with American Movie, um, which was back in Milwaukee in the 90s. Um, this film isn't exactly, this episode of the show isn't exactly a review of the film. It's more of a reaction. Um, I've never watched this film with anyone else before, so I was really curious on 
what someone from an outside perspective would really think about it. Um, at some point in the future, I would love to do like a full in-depth retrospective and film analysis on the film of Mark, um, of American Movie and Coven at some point in the future. So if that's something you guys want to see, I would definitely, definitely want to do that. Um, but I just really wanted to see what Miles thought about the film, um, because he wants to start making films with me. Um, so I sort of wanted to show him this. Um, just because it's a film that's very close to me, and it's a lot of how I approach making a film. Um, they're the things that Mark does in this. Um, and I just love it. I love everything about this film. Um, so I'm just gonna shut up, and we're gonna get right to the episode. Again, I will come in again before the Coven segment and give a little bit of an introduction to Coven. Um, but for right now, grab your lottery tickets, crack open a can of Surge, sit back, relax, and enjoy American Movie on Buddy's House of Horror podcast. Now let's get spooky. I don't know what we're watching or what we're doing this week, so you better lead me in, brother. It's been a while. It's, it's been, been a it's while. been a while since we've done one of the. It feels like it's been weeks since I've seen you. It's only been two weeks. I know, Bunny. I was thinking today I was driving over. I was like, you've I was got like, a mustache right now. I'm just noticing that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm growing it out for No Shave November. It's. Uh, I'm bringing back. This is Revenge of the Mustache Part Three. This is uh, my third mustache attempt in my life. I had one for a year at one, almost a full year at one point. I drove school bus at this point. So think how creepy that was. Is a 23 year old man with a mustache. Driving, driving the driving, kids to driving the school bus. Just think about that. Uh, but yeah, my girlfriend Marissa, Midnight Marissa, I guess what was her code name, whatever, uh, her stage name. Uh, she wanted to see the mustache. She likes mustaches, I guess. And so, she's into it. So here I am. We're working good. It's on been. It. You've had an eventful few weeks, my man. Mocha, Mocha's birthday, your birthday's coming up. This is probably going to be like your birthday show. It'll probably come out the week of your birthday, birthday, probably. Well, no, it's, that's not shit. officially your birthday show, but it might be coming out around the same time as your birthday. But I want to talk about something very exciting that's happened in your life. You inspire, <laughs> but Miles, a connoisseur. I, I don't of, even. I, listen, <laughs> I don't a, even know what's going on. A, okay, a connoisseur of two things. Two things very near and dear to Miles's heart. Beer and crossfade. You inspired a beverage. <laughs> Can I, you tell the story? Because I'm genuinely curious about what's I going did. on with this. So, well, let's try to give a little back or a little bit of backstory. That's what we're doing. So, my friend owns a brewery in Ashbeville, Ohio, which is an hour east of Cleveland. It's 45 minutes west of Erie, Pennsylvania. For any of the people that are regional listeners, um, it's called Clovenhoof Brewing. Uh, really, honestly, really, really good beer. I know everyone says that about their friend stuff, but I've had, I've went to breweries in California. I've went to breweries in New York and everywhere in between. And honestly, he's really good at what he does. He actually is going into the biology and the chemistry of, of brewing and stuff. And has gotten like really detailed into it. He knows what he's doing. He uses a lot of real ingredients, not adjuncts or extracts. So Clover not a sponsor, not a sponsor of the House of Horror, but he can be. He can be. <laughs> he should be. But Clovenoof Brewing, great spot. Really good people that all work there. I've known most of them for quite a quite some time. Um, so Spas and me were, have been in two weddings the past year, and the bachelor parties and everything in between. We were already close, but we've joked about here. We've watched the the cro- band Crossfade, the, <laughs> the, the most legendary the music, video most of all legendary time. hard rock band of all time, way above Nickelback for anyone that's listening. Uh, but the song, the video is called so, "It's So Cold," right? Or is it so I think, far away? I, I think the song is just called "Cold," but okay. it could be called "It Could Be Called So Cold." I think it might be called "So Cold." I don't know. It, it, either way, uh, but. If anyone hasn't seen that music video, just go on YouTube right now. It's just it, cold, it's, straight, just cold. Into the, okay. straight into the All point, right. yeah. All right. Uh, I should have known that because it's a hard rock song. They can't use more than one word for any fucking song title. Um, but we've joked about it here, and when I've been hanging out with him, I'll just look I'll look at him, we'll be talking, and I'll just sing the lyrics to the beginning of the song. You know, everyone, if they know the song, that whole, like, 
looking back at me. And like, you know, that whole fucking, yeah, yeah. that whole thing right there. So, uh, I would do that. We'll be in the middle of something serious. And we've, I've made him watch the music video multiple times when we're in public situations, which is very funny. And how many, we've watched that video at this house many times. I've, I've made him watch that video when he was like almost asleep drunk. I just like crawled <laughs> next to him and like turned the video on and started singing it at him. So we've had some moments and he decided he's like he's like I'm gonna make a beer, uh, for us. And I said okay, and he, and then he ended up telling me, and I was like, oh, it's like almost like a tropical like IPA kind of, um, with a lot of fruits, almost like pina coladas, kind of what he's going for. And he like we he's like, well, I'm gonna use a few of the phrases we've we've talked about or thrown at each other this all the times we've been hanging out for these weddings and stuff. And I said okay. And then he ended up using "Look it back at me" is what it's called. <laughs> so I'm, I was very flattered. He tagged me on the post, and uh, Spaz is a very good person, and uh, I love him. And I'm excited. I'm gonna go try the beer next week. Actually, like probably like a week from Saturday. Yeah, yeah, pretty close to your birthday, and you would you had brought up that. You find because people have been asking about this constantly. The bug situation with no, the PlayStation. They have not. Everyone they knows the story. Don't work the crowd, but anyways, everyone's been asking when's he gonna get everyone's this PS. Been asking, he, yeah. When's he getting this PS3 back? You've acquired a PS3. I, uh, I well, let's put it this way. I cashed in my cash rewards on my credit card, which is the thing when you're a fucking adult. You got some frequent flyer miles and shit? Uh, no, but uh, but essentially my cash back. And so what I did is a, as a smart adult, I put some into my savings that I've been draining all year. And then I did the other smart thing as an adult and bought myself a birthday present. And I, uh, I ended up getting a PS3 20% off. And it was a, th- was a 320 gig. So I ended up with like tax. It was like three ten or or not three one ten or some like insanely cheap price for like a console for yeah. a, for like a decent, especially now with like the retro quote unquote like the yeah, prices yeah. for everything. So, um, I'm stoked because I'm looking back at my game list. Everything's like I mean I just looking, downloading looking back all, at me, looking yeah. back at myself, looking yeah. back at me. I downloaded all the Resident Evils. Um, thank God I have one through. One through four or five, plus Veronica and everything on one console again. So I'm ready to uh, get back playing those. A bunch of my, like, PlayStation and PS2 RPGs and stuff, too. Just, like, it's, like uh, those are games that I uh, I grew up with that I adore. And uh, one that I've talked about here. It's nice to have Deadly Premonition again on a console. <laughs> so uh, Gotta uh, get the Switch next for Shin Megami Tensei is coming out like this week or something crazy. And Deadly Premonition 2 is already out. Speaking of Resident Evil, I'm getting scared, Kat. Because I'm outside of the mansion right now. and uh, He's talking about the Resident Evil remake. For Resident Evil know. remake, I've been playing through it. I should be streaming it. I don't know why the fuck I'm not we streaming it. We should be it. playing it right now. We should actually be doing the podcast while playing this in, doing this intro, but I feel like maybe that'd be too much. Yeah. I don't know. But up until this point, I felt relatively safe inside the house. I mean, I know where I'm going. I know where the safe rooms are. Now I'm outside, and I'm just nervous that I'm going to be stuck outside with no resources. So I'm going to need you to back me up at some point. Oh, my but. God. He had to call in the Resident Evil expert. Uh to help him with this so i i'm always down for that call i've helped dynamite jared a couple times whether he admits it or not so i'd love i i'll watch anyone play as horror games yeah <laughs> i'm getting ready for quote unquote this uh this live this stream. live stream i've gotten multiple games lined up for it if if we're gonna if i'm gonna do it i mean we're gonna do it we just gotta figure out a good weekend where we're all free we've all been very busy you were talking about you got like Six shows in a row you're going to. I, and this honest, and that. No. I honestly have almost the rest of this entire year Saturday night wise planned. Like I'd have to, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm like, but I'd have to do it on like a Friday into a Sunday, or I'd have to like honestly like you guys would have to be in the middle of it and I'd just walk in and be like, hey, what's up, guys? And <laughs> like fucking do it and then like leave or come back or something. But yeah, we're have to figure it out. I don't know when. It, probably over Jared's Christmas break or something. Honestly, because you know how he is with his homework. Um, but not, none of that's why we're here today. We're doing, um, 
I don't know if we're going to call this underrated films. This might be something, because this is going to be very unlike anything we've ever reviewed on the show before, talked about on the show before. Okay. And you were part of the inspiration for why I wanted to do this, because as the listeners know, we're both quote-unquote filmmakers, um, and we were talking about maybe some ideas bouncing back and forth, um, trying to get some sort of film together, um, potentially someday. So I did. I did throw that idea out there last time we saw each other. because I've had some ideas. So had some ideas. So I thought it would be very interesting to watch this film with you, um, just because it was very integral to my filmmaking background. Okay. Um, and I'm also very excited to be doing this on the show because what we're going to be watching is not a horror film, but it's horror adjacent. Okay. Um, I've talked about this film many times. Honestly, like this film is like, I don't want to hype it up too much for you, but this is probably like in my top five films like ever, like not horror films, not nothing. Okay. Um, my wife might know what I'm talking about. Um, but it's a film about making a film. So we're Miles is very confused right now. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about at all? I don't no. even know if you've heard of this film besides maybe things I've talked about. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Should I just whip it out? <laughs> or throw it out. Put it on the table, brother. All right. So it's actually Veterans Day. Vet- veterans are very American. This has nothing to do with veterans. But it has to do with America. We're going to be watching... I already think I know what this is. American movie. Okay, that's what I thought. When, as soon as you said America, I was like, all right. The American Dream, this is the American movie. Um, about the shooting of Northwestern. Um, and I, I think you're going to be into this because you love Letter Kenny. You love Trailer Park Boys. Yeah. This, yes. in the best way possible, this is a real-life version of characters you'd probably see on a show like that. Okay, thank um, you. In the best way possible. I mean, I've read about this before, and you've talked about it briefly. Like, I've, like I read online about it, and then before I knew you were into it, and then you you spoke about it a couple times. So it is a documentary, but it feels like a film, and it's hard to believe that some of this shit isn't scripted. Like, okay. so the lines in this film, it's some of, like, the most iconic lines like you've heard me say shit from this movie even if you didn't know it was like from this movie um the most quotable film of all time as it's been called um i'm excited to watch this it's been a few years since i've watched it you've never you've never seen it no i've just i've read about it before but like i said and i know you've i've you've talked about it in front of me before so as soon as you said america i was like i know where we're going now uh it's good because I've kind of been in like a documentary or like a faux documentary mood because I watched, um, finally watched the last blockbuster the other night. Have you watched that yet? It's a very strange film. Like this film? Fi- okay. No, no. In the last blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, yeah Like the is. humor in it is very, the like they tried is, to make it very trendy. It, it's, it's good though. I like all the actors and all the people they got in who, excuse me, worked a blockbuster back in the day and the pictures and like the way it's done. I really enjoyed it. I really had a good time. Really liked it. Yeah, it was a good film. I watched it in March. I watched it around my birthday. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I don't know what else to say about the film. I'm excited to hear your reaction uh, to it on, on the other yeah, on the other first, side. First watch. Um, yeah. So, without further ado, we're just gonna watch the film. I'm ready. Let's do it. Are you tired of plain old breakfast? Cereals are sugary enough. Are you tired of burnt pancakes and waffles? Then you need slapjacks. The slapjack gets your face and it causes a chemical reaction to heat off. No cooking required, just slap and eat. Don't believe us? Here's a satisfied customer. Slapjacks are the best breakfast food ever made. Slapjacks, slap those smiles back. You heard it here, kids. Slapjack saves lives. Order at www.slapjacks.com. Well, Miles has been transported into a different universe right now. Probably the most Midwestern film of all time, wouldn't you say? Honestly, this is the most Midwest thing I've ever seen. Uh, that's not necessarily where I wanted to start after watching this. But I would say this is probably one of the best things I've watched in 2021. Um... All the Green Bay Packers merch, all the old Oldsmobile cars that just scream the Midwest for some reason to me. Uh, 
You were talking a lot about the merch. You got the tie-dye rush shirt. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean the, the one guy, the one guy is straight out of the the late 70s even though this says it came out in the 90s. It's almost like their parents were like the final hippies. Uh and they just kind of like maybe got the cool Spencer's merch back in the day before Spencer sucked. But um very much the most Midwestern film of all time. Them in the snow. There's like melted like uh, snow banks. Uh, very key late 80s, early 90s cars. Um, the PBR in the freezer. There's a PBR in the freezer. All the Green Bay Packers merch and everything that was going on in the background. Uh, I don't know. It just seemed like. I don't even know what to say. I don't know. You should take the lead on this one. I, I just want to reassure to you that this was all 100% real. This can't... There's no way this film was real. All it, was, it. it was real. Well, I don't know the full backstory of how it got started, but basically they were like in that college or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. One of the film students there like met them and basically was like, these guys are fucking hilarious. I want to start shooting them they're making a movie i'm gonna like document like what's going on so the guy who made this film was a student at that school at the time and was just documenting them trying to make northwestern which spoiler alert if you've seen northwestern still has not been made okay um that's what i figured yeah that 50 grand that he took spoiler from his uh his dead uncle it never happened uh that film at least yeah which is insane. He's already shot. He had the, all the ideas and shot part of it. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. What do you think of the film? I thought it was... I hate to use the word masterpiece, but kind of. It's like... It's such a time capsule. Like, I feel like I got transported back to my very early childhood. <clears throat> and, like, I don't think I was around people like these when I like these people when I was a child I can't even speak anymore I actually lost the last five brain cells I had watching this but in the best way possible um but it kind of reminds me of some of like being up in like Michigan because my my family's from my mom's family's in Michigan seeing some people that look like this especially like way up there and this was in Milwaukee Hmm. or whatever and just that like like deep north midwest kind of just weirdo just weirdo shit like but it just reminded me of being a kid because i was born in the 80s grew up in the 90s and it feels older like you said it they you know came out this came out in 99 it was like came out in 99 but it was like the footage was from like 95 to 97 yeah. yeah and even that i guess because excuse me I guess because I feel like probably being in the Midwest, it takes a few years for things to catch up to the rest of society. <laughs> it looked like 1989. Like nothing, nothing. This didn't scream. Except know. the Pocahontas shirt. The Pocahontas shirt, yes, was was what that. That's what threw it all off. The Pocahontas shirt. Um, but it was very much a, a much appreciated time capsule. I really did like it. It was hilarious, beyond hilarious, in- incredible. Um, to me, like just from like my filmmaking background, it's probably like the most relatable film of all time. Um, just like from my perspective, I guess, because like I like just watching it, like I think of how many times I've made a film, all the extras bail, you got to call in your mom to help out, and like shit like that, and just hanging out with your friends and. I don't know, shooting films is an American dream, man. That's what he talks about several times in the film. Um, I don't know. It's it's a weird film to talk about. It's just, it's like an experience. And I'm it like... Really, it really was, to be honest. I mean, uh, there's always these kind of films out here, out there that uh, you think you've... Not that you haven't seen everything, but you've seen a lot and you get... As the whole conversation sounds generic as I'm talking about, but... You get like, not, I don't use the word jaded, but you've seen a lot, uh, you've read about a lot, whatever, 
And then the best part of watching films or getting introduced to things is the one random night where someone's like, hey, I want you to see this. And then you watch it and you're like, wow, I was moved. That was insane. Like, and like it, it, it just was really, really probably was one of the best things I've seen this year because it was so different, so fun and so unique in so many different ways. Yeah. And like some people, like as far as like the film in general, like as a film, like some people have like critiques about it that I've like seen on like, oh, it's like being exploitive and they're basically just like making fun of these people. But the way I see it is like you're kind of like laughing with them rather than at them. Because I mean, like when Mark's saying this shit, like he knows the shit he's saying is like funny. Like, like the scene where it's like, oh, it's an unnatural cross or whatever. He's like, you think when Jesus was hanging there, he thought it was natural? <laughs> Just like shit like that. I think that guy, especially because right before we did we did this, I looked up his Instagram. And I think he's like insanely self-aware. More so than probably his friends, his family. Like, I kind of think he's just like fuck it, I'm an insane drunk maniac who wants to make films, but I have four kids and I, I don't know what to do and I don't really want to live by society's conventions and standards. We're almost like he's making fun of himself and all of his surroundings, but he doesn't really want to escape it because he, he loves how charming it is to him or how like funny it is to him or how the mundane in the Midwest is just so hilarious to him like the whole his friends the aspect like every little aspect like he seemed like he was just like fuck it i'm having a blast being filmed yeah i mean you can tell that they're having fun the whole time and of course the whole movie isn't funny like there's sadness with it there's struggles that he goes through in it um but a lot of it does play out like a comedy um and as i said it's like weird that it's unscripted because it's just like the stuff in it is like, how could you write that? Like some of the, like the one liners and that are just a whole hysterical. Um, the one that got you and like, you missed like five, 10 minutes of the film just cause you were laughing when he was like, suck down peppermint schnapps and try to call Morocco at two in the morning. <laughs> that, I, I don't know why, but that absolutely. Sold me. Uh, <laughs> you just fucked up. <laughs> drinking peppermint schnapps uh, and he's calling hotels in Morocco. It's, I don't even know how you fucking get... This is pre-internet really. I mean, I mean, the internet's around a little bit, but how you find numbers to hotels in Morocco. Even if he was lying, it was still the most random and funny. Like, I... That, that was one of the best laughs I've had this year. I don't know why, but I kind of have a strange sense of humor. Like, I can watch something that's supposed to be funny. I won't laugh almost at all. And then someone hits me with that one line or that one moment. And I just can't control myself, man. I just, I just lose it. Emily, what did you think of the film? Cause I've talked about it for years. We've tried to watch it once before and you weren't feeling it, but now you sat through the whole thing and you seem to have liked it this time. What, what are your thoughts? I'm glad I finally watched it. That's all you gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, bro, no, and yeah, like, as I said, like, it's kind of like a weird thing to talk about because it's like real stuff. <laughs> like, I don't like it'd be different if it was like an f- actual film. But like, I don't know if to me, like I saw this early on in film school, like when I was like unsure of like what I wanted to do. And then after seeing this, I was like, all right, I'm going to this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make films. So and like for like when I'm in film school and stuff, like they make you watch like Jaws and like stupid shit like that. Well, not right. that Jaws is stupid, but like this is something that like I think that like if I were to ever teach like a film course, I would show something like this, something that's like more real than because like people going to film school, they're not going to be making Hollywood films right off the yeah. bat. They're going to be making stuff like this. Yeah. So I think for me, it was just like very important and it hit me at a very important time in my life. So. I knew, I could see that completely. You got anything else to say? No, I just really liked it a lot. I'm actually probably gonna find it and buy it. It's kind of it's kind of rare to get the okay. DVDs. They're on eBay for like thirty bucks or something like that. Like okay. it's been out of print forever. Um, I did say we were doing a double feature tonight, and I think you may be able to guess what the other one is. 
given some clues. If my wife would let me over there to get into the drawer of secrecy. How, how late is it? We're burning the we're burning burning the fucking midnight oil tonight. Oh I my have god. In my possession. One of the original Coven tapes. How much was, was that, if I can ask? It was a pretty penny. It's not the most expensive tape in my collection, but I, I paid a little bit for this. So this is number 1350 out of the 3,000 he was trying to sell. Wow. Um, and it's dated from 2000, so this was after the film had come out, but he still hadn't sold the 3,000, I guess. At least I'm hoping this is legit. It's as legit as it gets, so. I mean, this is probably as legit as you and I would ever see, I assume, if I can open it without. There we go. Man, the crack of a VHS. After after watching the last Blockbuster last night, uh, just nice opening a case, like a snap case like this. Mm-hmm. Well, insane. And you saw them taking the picture that was on the cover there, like in the when he's wearing the coat and he tells him to lose the scarf (laughs) and stuff like that. Jesus Christ, this is wild. All right. Well, as I'm burping insanely, let's uh, let's fucking do this. Let's let's watch it. Let's see what they made. Alright, so I'm back, guys. So, obviously, for me, American Movie is a five-star film on Letterboxd. Miles, the poser, of course, only gave it four and a half stars. Of course, he is an absolute poser, doesn't understand anything. Um, And now we're going to talk about Coven. So, Coven is the next film that we watched, obviously, um, on my VHS on one of my, hopefully real, authentic Coven VHSs that Mark Borchardt was trying to sell way back in the day. Um, that's what we watched it on. Um, Coven, it was. It says on Letterboxd, officially released in 2000, but we saw the premiere was significantly earlier than that. Um, the description of Coven on Letterboxd is, an alcohol-slash-drug abuser re-examines his life until he nearly dies from an overdose. Then a friend convinces him to join a self-help group, which turns out to be demonic. A coven, because coven sounds too much like oven, man. That just that just doesn't work. Um, coven, I had seen a few times before, but I haven't really watched it that, that much. Um, I'll give you the descriptions on IMDb as well. There's only one. That previous one was from Letterboxd. Um, actually, their descriptions are exactly the same. After now pulling up IMDb, it's the same exact thing as on Letterboxd. That is just wonderful. Um, but Coven, I had seen it a few times, um, but this was my first time really trying to analyze it and take it in. I still don't really know what to make of the film. You're going to hear my thoughts about the film in a second. Um, that were my first impressions of it. Um, but it seems very Stephen King inspired by nature, right? It's about an alcoholic writer battling his inner demons. It's very Stephen King-esque. Um, and I'm just going to let the film speak for itself. If you're able to get a copy of American Movie on DVD, it is in the bonus features. Um, other than that, you can get a VHS copy of it still today through Mark. Um, I'm not sure how much they cost. Probably cheaper than the original copy of mine, obviously. Uh, but you can still get it on VHS. Um, I think you might be able to rent it online. Um, from somewhere and I know people upload it to YouTube all the time and it gets taken down and stuff like that I do recommend supporting the official release however you can um, whether it be through Mark's website or renting it online Um, so that's the way I recommend it we're going to watch the film right now Um, so enjoy our thoughts about the film and then I'll see you on the other side what did you just say before we started recording this what did this make you want to do watch my stuff that's actually online and see what's left like trailers and short films and stuff that I've worked on cuz uh kind of brought me back um I'm about 3 months shy from my 10 year of graduating college which I went to school for special effects makeup but I worked on about I don't know 10 a dozen different maybe more than that to be honest like trailers short films couple right. features things like that uh and it's just been a while uh since i've really thought about any of them i had a lot of i had just as many features get canned unfortunately moving to ohio from pennsylvania kind of fucked all my stuff up because 
I moved to Ohio. I had four projects and five projects in the works, and one of them was in Pennsylvania. It was me three short films, and the guy had a excuse me a bit of a reputation, a good reputation, and he was also a really good photographer. And he signed an exclusive photography deal. He couldn't do any of his own work for like five years. And I started some pre-production stuff for it. And one was actually, the first one was a Bloody Mary short, which would have been probably really simple, but still for the sake of just urban legends and stuff like that. It would have been fun, something to do. Right, yeah. But that was the one we had started getting stuff prepped for and then you know that fell through there was a ghost film that I was supposed to do and they wanted to go to do in Cleveland actually they decided to do CG and to minimize the effects so that fell through uh, you and I attempted to work on this was much not much later but a little later a couple years later a year later Something like that. A couple years after I got back to Ohio. Do that thing for Kent State. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I still haven't seen. I need to see that. And trying to work with them and give them the literally the most... Just try to give them a deal and come out and just be like, hey, I think you should do this, you should do that. They couldn't even pay my kit fee or, or give me free food for the day. So no offense, Kent State beautiful campus but i couldn't do that but probably had six to eight like things kind of like maybe even almost like 10 when i i, I have scripts like, on my computer i still yeah. have, like scripts and like all the i have tons of stuff that like never got made that i was supposed to be a part of but it's kind of where like i've like slowed down where it's been three years now since I've worked on anything and that's the longest I've gone since school but it's been around that long for me too maybe a little longer three it, four years as you know independent film making uh, man it can be very frustrating uh, like I just said eight to ten different things that I had lined up yeah paid gigs these were these were like this was a little different than what we're talking about in this like these were I had money invested. I was getting this much an hour or a day rate. A little bit more professional. So when you start to lose these gigs, it's like money. It was all side money and right. know, starts to add up. Yeah. Very, Anyways. Very unlike Coven, which we just watched. Um, very interesting film. Um, we talked about what well, you've been talking about, projects you've worked on, stuff that I've worked on. Um, you still haven't seen my feature film, I need which to see I we'll need have to do. Um, to when you watch my feature film, you'll notice some elements from Coven in it. I'll say really? That. Yes. Okay. It was an influence on the film slightly. Um, I think that as far as like indie art house films go, and then seeing the film that we had just previously watched, American Movie, like seeing how they were able to do it, like... On one hand, it's like it took you three, four years to make that. But then on like the other hand, you sort of see like all the heart that was like put into it, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was honestly that was like, I don't know what I expected because I've seen a lot of people that look like they have no business directing anything. And then you watch it and it's just so quirky or so whatever. But to be honest, he had a. For whatever he was going for, which I kind of know he was going for, he had a pretty good vision. Like, some of his shots were, like, to you me... You brought it up a couple times, like, this shot of, like, the church in the background and yeah, stuff Yeah, and like that. I liked that they kept referencing that. I thought that was actually very smart, where they could go back to that, and it would kind of hang on this ominous scene. And it really helped that, that, like, the whole film was in black and white, because some of the scenes really... 16 black millimeter and white black and white reversal, man. Really helped it. But, honestly... Even the acting compared to some shit that I watched, especially some shit I've seen people put a million, two million dollars into, the acting in this really wasn't like none, no part of that. Like Coven, I hate saying Coven. I want to say Coven so bad, but <laughs> uh, but Coven was uh, 
it was pretty fucking good, to be honest. I mean, he definitely has a little bit of an eye for filmmaking. It's kind of like I was watching it and it was kind of like unfortunate. I was like, man, I feel like this guy could have maybe just done a bunch of indie features, like even just on this level, because there were there were people in like the 70s, 80s, and 90s that made five, six, seven indie short films and kind of have like a history. I'm not saying he would have had a successful career, but he might have been more of like even more of like a cult legend. Like he could have right. like, you know, had a fan base because I think he definitely has an eye for at least shooting, getting the scenes he wants. Like, I thought it was pretty good. To be, I mean, like for what it was, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Like the only thing about it that's like noticeable is like, you can tell it was shot like over a very long period of time. Yes. Cause yes. like just with him in general, like, the mullets changed in length. Like they every, did, like, yes, yeah, they like, did. And his, it's weird because his dialogue and his acting and some of it was like, he was very straight and very like good and like the, the lines came out clean. And then there were just a couple scenes that were like, almost felt like he was spoofing himself or it was like he was about to laugh during it. And then he didn't. Like the kitchen scene and the stuff at the end, like, the other right. actors are very straight, and he's like just saying, "Like, the fuck are you talking about?" But he goes, he over yeah. he overacts compared to how he is earlier in the film. Right now, I don't know if that's because they the documentary crew was also also a there. big portion of that. So I think maybe he was just dialed up a little bit more than yeah. normal because that was the only thing to me that, like, obviously besides you can see right. it was shot over time, but like. This sticks out like a sore thumb, like right. And like I was telling you, like he made a couple appearances on like Letterman and stuff like that. And like in those interviews, he's talking about like he knows when the cameras are on him, so he yeah. knows how to like play to it. Yeah. So the fact that yeah, the documentary crew was there when he was shooting those scenes where he's a little bit more over the top. It's not he's very not I just, unintentional. I just call it turned up to eleven. You know, as they would say. I mean, he was very extra. Some people would say, yeah. Um, I think that's the only thing that I saw that really hurt. Excuse me, the film, and that's only, and it's right at the end, you know. And the and another thing about it is like, when you're making a film, you kind of write about what you know, and like, I feel like a lot of it is like not even acting in that. A lot of it, it seemed like real stuff because like they're yeah. in like the group meeting, and then you have the actor Mike Shank who's telling the story about how he's like dropping acid and like doing this and that is like okay well like he was, was him, that- he was himself I feel like he was like if I'm gonna go to an AA or some kind of you know drug rehab group he's that was just him telling his own story or like a story that's similar yeah but I know that's what you're going at. I got I I got a little turn up to eleven right there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I've kind of I'm kind of excited. It actually was really good. Both of these were very like fun and good, and I like getting brought back to time periods like this when I feel like filmmaking was a little more. It still is DIY, but even nowadays, I. feel feel like people with the access of YouTube and all these websites and all these documentaries, not, not this, but like a lot of people, even if they want to go to make an independent film, they've done so much research on how to make a film right. that they go in with like such an idea of what filmmaking is or, or even more of an understanding that like you don't get some of these like at least not that I see. I maybe I'm I'm probably a little out of touch with it maybe too as as we're getting older. But you don't see some of these like raw, crazy like types of people that are just like, I'm gonna go out there, I'm gonna make this shit. Like I'm just yeah. gonna make something that's wild and like right. you know, like I just don't see that nowadays. And nowadays it's just like so much easier because like as you as we saw in like the documentary, like they're shooting this like on actual film. So like yeah. there is a limit to what they can shoot. Not like now where it's like slicing it together right. and like doing all the all that work. Not know? like now where you just dump it onto a hard drive and you can keep shooting and like do this and that. Like it's like all right, when they're out of film, like they're like it, that shit's like expensive, you know. 
He like, did when he had that he had that key line where his mom he's like he was shooting framing the shot, and his mom's running. She shot the camera. He's like, he's like, are we rolling? And she's like, yeah, we've been rolling. She's like, mom, we're burning film. Like you know, like we're like <laughs> le- like he's like a legit piss because obviously, you know, he's fucking spending money on the film itself. You know, like, um, I don't know. This was a really cool experience, and I said when we were off camera off whatever as I'm I just said camera but it's getting late Mocha's midnight Mocha's sitting here slumped looking at me with his, yeah, he's, he's very out, he's yeah. very cute right now uh I had a Facebook status like one of the memories and I was like yeah the first thing I ever acted on was 11 years ago yesterday yeah. So it just made me like as I I thought yesterday it kind of brought me back. I forgot I even acted in that, and it brought me back, and I was thinking about it. So it's kind of like funny to watch a film like this and like see the DIY aspect, and like I'm just kind of in that like zone the past couple of days thinking yeah. about that stuff. So it's kind of like fun to watch this and you know kind of recollect on my own stuff. Yeah, tonight was an interesting experience. I don't know if our conversations really did justice to what we were experiencing while we were watching the two of the films. But it was a good time. It was a good time. I really appreciate that you uh, you brought me in to do this. Probably one of my more favorite experiences from doing uh, one of the podcasts in regards to like being like watching something to do a podcast. Because I like a lot of other stuff, and I used to watch all different genres. Mm-hmm. And I still feel like now I do that, but like... I used to hunt into more like faux documentary stuff or indie this or coming of age stuff where now I feel like sometimes even talking about being like using the word jaded, like I've seen so much that like I'm kind of like, oh, I'm going to watch like read about this horror film I'm going to watch it or this action film or something. But like I don't always go out of the way anymore to find some things or research little niche genres or cult classics like I used to because I spent legit in college and times before that I spent like 10 years like I have stacks of film magazines and books and things and going into subgenres and now I'm kind of just like I don't have the time to do that as much anymore even though we have the internet now and stuff like that but I'm kind of just like I don't I don't have the energy to do that so I appreciate when people like talk to me about stuff like this or throw something in front of me and I just get this experience. Yeah. It would fit right in with the uh, cinema wasteland. Throwing oh. in there. Oh yes. Honestly, even obviously like American movie, like, uh, I feel like it'd probably have a really good audience there to be honest, because it's very interesting and it's very, I feel like this with a crowd where everyone's just having a good time. And, you know, I feel like it's also, you talk about being Midwest Midwestern, like I feel like this is just very relatable for probably a lot of the age groups, even older than you. Like I feel like you would yeah. be on kind of like the end of that where you would think this is funny and be relatable. Like I legit have memories as a kid of this is what things looked like. Right. Well, S- my wife had said during the film because she was watching American movie with us, the scene where like Mark's like laying in bed. She was just like, "That is your like bedroom at your parents' house, like the wood paneling walls, like the fake wood, yes. and, like all that yeah. stuff." Like it's just like and like right now, like in Ohio, like a lot of the houses are like still like older, so like a lot of the stuff like looks the way that they look in the film. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not quite to this degree. This is definitely the this this Milwaukee, this Wisconsin vibe is like. Uh, it's just like when I go up to Michigan, I talked about family earlier in this. I go up to Michigan and I feel like I'm going back 20 years. Yeah. My uncles work in boat factories. Like they do things like it, it just, it seems like it's still the, and when I think I'm talking about like, Oh, the eighties, I'm like, Oh fuck. Well, the eighties is 30 to 40 years ago. Like it's right. like, but like something about the Northern Midwest, it's, Northwestern, it's, man. It's the Northwestern. It's still a little behind. It's not, I, I don't know. I've never been to Milwaukee, but I'm assuming from Michigan and Indiana and some of the places I've been, maybe it's a little behind still like that. If not, hey, I'm sorry to anyone that lives in Wisconsin. I think it's the best thing of all time. I hear a lot of people really like it, but... Uh, He's still there. He's still there in Menominee Falls. And 
Wisconsin doing his thing. Still waiting on Coven too. Um, you had asked like what he had done like since then. He like there was an episode of Family Guy he was on like oh, a- wow. as himself. Jesus Christ! Um, it was like right after the film had come out or whatever American movie. Um, there, oh wow! So like early Family Guy. Yeah. Like, there's literally a scene where, like, he comes out of the closet. It's like, oh, do we get that shot? What do you think, Mike? Like, Mike's in it, too. Like, in the episode of Family Guy. Oh, wow. Um, I bet you I've seen it and said no you idea. Probably, I can, I'll show you it sometime. Um, and then, like, he was in, like, a couple films, like, as an actor. Because, obviously, he's a cult, yeah. like, icon now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But still hasn't gotten, like, the mainstream, like, success or anything. As I said, we're waiting for Coben 2. Waiting for Northwestern. Um, there was this film he was supposed to be working on called, like, Scare Me, um, which had been, like, in development for, like, 10, 15 years. Jesus And still Christ. hasn't seen that. He released a UFO documentary a couple years ago. Um, we that, need that to I watch have, that. Oh, I have, have it. it. Oh, I have it. I've reviewed it on the show before. It's called The Dundee Project. It's, oh like, this God. alien, like, convention that they do, like, in the Midwest. It's called, like, UFO Days, um, where a bunch of people go out, like around this river and just like wait for aliens it's like once a year every year and he just went and like documented the experience there's there was one so i went to school in southern i know we're gonna wrap this up it is getting late uh and you know southwestern pa and there was a town 25 minutes east of where i lived and it was a little bit bigger of a town and they had a UFO convention every year. And I always wanted to go, and I'm very curious. Like, it's supposed to actually be, like, a really good one. And they had cryptid shit, and I kind of want to, like, look it up one day and just see if it's still there. We can go. Maybe we should make it. It'd be probably, like, a... Well, because we're not as far north as Beulah, so maybe it would still only be, like, a three-hour drive from here. But, uh... I'd be down, yeah. Maybe get Dynamite Jared, get a hotel, get everyone for the weekend, like for a day, and then I'll probably pass by the old school, show you, show you yeah. old, old, old Tom Savini stomping grounds. I'll still be a, doing push-ups outside the front oh, door. Jesus Christ, I hope not. Uh, probably, though. Uh, I know that school's dying, though. I mean, Face-Off kind of was like a blessing and a curse to that show, because... It got more. There was already interest, but it got more interest. But then they based the whole school like they they I guess they redid like certain wings being like oh so and so's on face off so and so's on face. The only thing is face off is it, you know it doesn't it it can lead places it does lead places for some people, but also like that's one two month gig like it's not like. Yeah. That's not your career, you know. Like, if you're gonna go to be on face, like to be on Face Off, like it just they start gearing it towards like a fad that was like dying as they did that. Now Face Off's done, and they have all these wings too. Like, I guess they're not drawing in the same amount of people they used to. So, right. I don't know. I don't know if that. Hopefully, the school's not dying, but I don't know. I haven't heard anything too good about it in a while. Yeah. Well. That's pretty much it for this time, you guys. I don't know what else to say about Coven. We're going to have to do an episode where we watch all of our stuff um, and talk about it. And we've got some underrated films coming up, maybe at some point in the future, some more. And Random Horror Thoughts was a fun episode. we got to do some more of those. Probably do at least... Maybe I'll write down a couple ideas. Probably at least do maybe like two more of those episodes in the future, in the upcoming months. And... uh couple underrated films too underrated you know podcasts but i think that'd bring us up to another four or five decent podcasts pretty much yeah so cool well yeah it was great having you on as always thank um, you and i'm a little i went to work today ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between and uh i'm starting to i'm ready for bed mocha if you can hear midnight mocha my dog he's snoring next to us so i mean that's I think I got about an hour left, and that's where I'm going to be at. So Yeah. Well, that's about it, you guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're subscribing wherever you're listening to the show. Follow Midnight Miles over on Instagram. Give him a follow. He'll 
keep you guys updated with his like bi-monthly photo dumps on what's going on you're like me like we barely post on instagram except for our stories but it's fine and pretty much once yeah once twice a month of that yeah i'd pretty much it's just to me it's so much easier because it's like hey these are the only photos i've taken in two weeks to a month that i care about that last photo dump was two and a half, three months worth. I know and that I, the picture of me at Mahal's was like forever ago. <laughs> that yeah, that was. Uh, you got Oktoberfest photos in there. Yeah, that was beginning of September. So I mean, yeah, it just you know is yeah. what it is, right? Yep. Well, we will see you guys back here at some point for another episode of the House of Horror. Um, I don't know when this is coming out. This might be a good Thanksgiving episode. It was Thanksgiving in the film at one point. It was. um, This will probably come out the week of Thanksgiving. So, um, hope you guys all have a good holiday, and we will see you next time. Stay spooky, everyone. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, that is going to do it for this year of Buddy's House of Horror podcast. I'm going to see you guys in 2022 um, with some new episodes, and we'll take a little season break again um, to get ready for October, um, where, again, I'm going to be doing tons of related horror content over on my YouTube channel and Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. Um, But for now, this is going to be it for the year. I will see you guys in January. I hope all of you guys have a great holiday season, no matter what you celebrate. Um, And I hope you find a way to bring horror and the spooky season into all your holidays in some small way, whether it be a, you know, a dark, scary ornament on your tree or something like that, or watching a Christmas horror film or anything you guys do. Um, Have a great new year. Um, just take care of yourselves, take care of others. Um, and yeah, I will see you guys in 2022. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to sign off. Take care and stay spooky, everyone. Have a great new year.